Welcome to Jazz Piano Skills. I'm Dr. Bob Lawrence. It's time to discover, learn, and play jazz piano. The last two weeks, we have relentlessly attacked a key of A-flat major harmonic workout and a key of A-flat major melodic workout. Our harmonic workout, as it always does, explored four different approaches to voicing the chords found in the key of A-flat major, right? Seven chords found in the key of A-flat major, plus various rhythmic comping patterns. And our melodic workout, as it always does, methodically tackled the scales, the modes, and arpeggios for each of the chords in the key of A-flat major, plus various linear lines to help us develop our improvisational vocabulary. And for those of you who are faithfully doing the workouts, you know firsthand that the workouts require a ton of work. (laughs) But as is always the case, when you practice correctly, the proper skills, the proper approaches, the payoff is always huge. And how do we test the development of our skills? Well, there's no better way to test our improvement than by playing a tune. And that is exactly what we are going to do today. So today, you are going to discover a popular jazz standard from 1924, basically 100 years ago. Great tune called T for Two. And you're going to learn the chord changes, harmonic function, and musical form of T for Two. And you are going to play various voicings and correct chord scale relationships for the T for T for two, which will be cultivated into a jazz solo. So as I always like to say, regardless of where you are in your jazz journey, a beginner, an intermediate player, an advanced player, or even if you are a seasoned and experienced professional, you will find this Jazz Panel Skills podcast lesson exploring the jazz standard T for two to be very beneficial. I want to take a moment, as I always do at the beginning of every Jazz Piano Skills podcast episode, to welcome all of you first-time listeners. And if you are indeed new to Jazz Piano Skills, a first-time listener to the Jazz Piano Skills podcast, I want to personally invite you to become a Jazz Piano Skills member. All you have to do Visit jazzpianoskills.com. You'll learn more about all of the educational materials, the resources, the services that are available and awaiting for you to use to help you along your journey to becoming an accomplished jazz pianist. For example, all Jazz Piano Skills members have access to the educational podcast packets, the illustrations, the lead sheets, and the play-alongs. These are educational tools that I develop uh, and produce and publish every week for every weekly podcast episode. These are invaluable educational tools that you want to have in your hands as you listen to the podcast episodes. And of course, you want to have them sitting on your piano as you practice as well. You also, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, have access to the sequential jazz piano curriculum, which is loaded with comprehensive courses 
all of them using a self-paced format. There are educational talks for you to listen to and enjoy, interactive media. There are video demonstrations and all 12 keys of the jazz piano skills being taught. There are play-alongs and much more. You also, as a jazz piano skills member, have a reserved seat, as I like to say, to the online weekly masterclasses, which are in essence a one-hour lesson with me each and every week. And you also, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, have access to the online interactive fake book, of which this fake book contains uh, tunes from the Great American Songbook, right? You'll be able to enjoy the lead sheets, uh, outlining the chord changes, the harmonic function of each tune. There are chord scale relationships to be aware of and study play-along files, historical insights, inspirational recordings, and much more. And the Interactive Fake Book is, of course, an ever-growing collection of tunes that you should absolutely discover, learn, and play. You also, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, have access to the private Jazz Piano Skills community, which hosts a variety of engaging forums. There are podcast-specific forums, and course-specific forums for you to enjoy. And last but certainly not least, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, you have unlimited, I'm going to say that again, unlimited private, personal, and professional educational support provided by me whenever and as often as you need it. So again, take a few minutes Visit jazzpianoskills.com to learn more about all of the educational opportunities that await you and how to easily activate your membership. There are several plans to choose from, and I am quite confident that there is one that is perfect for you. Nevertheless, if you get to the site, you poke around, you have some questions, please let me know. I am always happy to help you in any way that I can. Okay. Let's discover, learn, and play jazz piano. Let's discover, learn, and play the great 1924 jazz standard, T for two. Okay, as I mentioned earlier, the last two weeks have been pretty, pretty intense with our key of A-flat major harmonic workout and our key of A-flat major melodic workout. Now, our harmonic workout, as always, was an extensive exploration of four very specific approaches to playing sound harmonically. In other words, playing chords. And our exploration was not simply about playing the seven chords found in the key of A-flat major. It was about how to approach voicing the chords so that you are playing sounds that are stylistically correct sounds that sound like jazz. In other words, your chords have to sound like jazz, right? <laughs> if you're going to play jazz. So, so we looked at basic block shapes and root position and inversions. We looked at traditional left-hand three-note shell voicings. We looked at contemporary chordal voicings. And we also looked at two-handed shapes. All of them, all of them need to be in your arsenal. They need to be at your fingertips. In our melodic workout, 
was a thorough investigation of ascending and descending scale and arpeggio motion, again, through each of the seven chords of the key of A flat major. Our primary focus was to begin developing what I like to call root independence by shifting the entry points of our scales and arpeggios from the root of the sound to the third, to the fifth, and to the seventh. And needless to say, if you have never, if you have never intentionally played scales and arpeggios varying your entry and destination points, which by the way, most people never do. If you have never done this kind of practicing, then last week's melodic workout in the key of A flat was indeed probably very challenging. So the whole point of our key of A flat major harmonic workout and our key of A flat major melodic workout, the whole point is to prep us for applying our skills to what? To tunes. So we are going to take the practice approaches that we have explored over the past two weeks, and we are going to apply them to T for two. And not only are we going to put our harmonic and melodic piano skills to work within a jazz standard, we are also going to use our jazz piano skills to construct and play a jazz piano solo over the chord changes of T for two. Too much fun. So the educational agenda for today is as follows. Number one, we are going to explore the jazz standard T for two. We're going to look at the chord changes and harmonic function. Number two, we are going to discover, learn, and play various voicings for T for two. Our basic blocks, traditional shells, contemporary shells, and two-handed shapes. Number three, we are going to discover, learn, and play the chord scale relationships for T for two. In other words, the appropriate ascending and descending scale and arpeggio motion. Number four, we are going to discover, learn, and play a jazz piano solo for T for two using 100% diatonic scale and arpeggio motion and using various whole note, half note, quarter, and eighth note rhythmic values. And number five, we are going to be using a jazz tempo, a standard tempo today of 120. Okay, so if you are a Jazz Piano Skills member, I want you to take a few minutes right now. Hit the pause button. I want you to download and print your illustrations and lead sheets, your podcast packets. Please print those. You have access to all of the podcast packets, and you should absolutely, as I mentioned earlier, be using them following along with them as you listen to this podcast episode. And of course, you should be using them when practicing as well. And if you are listening to this podcast uh, episode on any of the popular podcast directories, such as Apple or Google, Amazon, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and the list goes on and on, 
then be sure to go directly to jazzpianoskillspodcast.com to download your podcast packets. And you will find the active download links for the podcast packets within the show notes. Okay? And one final but extremely important note that I take a a few minutes to mention every episode. Uh, If you are thinking that today's lesson for T for two and the various skills that we are about to discover, learn, and play, if you are thinking that this information is over your head, then I would say to you, just sit back, relax, continue to listen, and continue to grow your jazz piano skills intellectually by listening to this podcast episode. That's all you have to do. Just listen. All the skills, all the skills that exist in the jazz world are over our heads when first introduced. And that is, that's precisely why the first step that we all need to take when being introduced to a new jazz panel skill is to just simply listen. And this is how we improve our musicianship. Do not shy away from conversations discussing foreign topics or using unfamiliar terms. Stepping outside of our musical comfort zone, which we must always be doing, spawns significant growth. And as you all have heard me say a million times over and over and over again, all musical growth begins upstairs, mentally, conceptually, before it can come out downstairs, physically, in your hands. So sit back and listen to this podcast lesson now to discover and learn. The play will come in time, as it always does. All right, now that you have your Jazz Panel Skills podcast packets in front of you, I want you to grab the Lead Sheets packet. And within that Lead Sheets packet, you're going to find 11 11 different skills laid out for you, 11 different Lead Sheets. Let's just go through them to make sure you have all of them in your hands. Skill number one, it's going to be a lead sheet with all of the chord changes. Skill number two, a lead sheet with all of the harmonic function laid out. Skill sheet number three, lead sheet number three has all your block voicings. Lead sheet number four, your traditional shells. Lead sheet five, contemporary shells. Lead sheet six, your two-handed shapes for T for two. Lead sheet seven, you have ascending scale motion. Lead sheet eight, descending scale motion. Lead sheet nine, ascending arpeggio motion. And lead sheet 10, descending arpeggio motion. And then finally, lead sheet 11 is our solo over T for two. So let's take a look at skill one, lead sheet one, the chord changes, your basic lead sheet for T for two. A couple of things I want to point out to you. Number one, we are in the key of A flat major, right? Only makes sense since we've done our A flat major harmonic workout and our A flat major melodic workout that we attack a tune in the key of A flat. And A flat is the standard key for T for two. The form for T for two is an A, B, A, C form. 
Now, do not let the rehearsal letters on your lead sheet be confused with the form. So I have your lead sheet divided out into four sections there, A, B, C, and D, but those are rehearsal markings. That They do not denote the form of the tune. The form is an A, B, A, C form. So rehearsal letter A, rehearsal letter C, basically the same chord changes. Letter B, different, and letter D, different, right? So A, B, A, C. You'll notice right away um, there's a lot of circle motion, a lot of 2-5 motion in T for 2. In fact, we begin with 2-5-1 in measures 1, 2, and 3, right? We have a 2-5, two, 2-5 five, two, five resolving to the 1. And then we have classic, the 1 chord going to our 4 and then down to our C, uh, C minor, our 3 chord, then going to a 6. Sometimes there's a diminished chord in there, but I actually used a six chord there to create another two-five relationship. Uh, at the end of the first eight measures, measures seven and eight, you'll notice nice diatonic motion. The A-flat major going to the B-flat minor, to the C minor, to the D-flat major, taking us to the very next section, our B section of the tune, which goes into the key of C major. And not only are we now in a different key, the key of C major, but we have our two five relationships going again, right? So we have our D minor seven, the G sevens going, it resolves to our C major. And again, once again, we have our one going to the four, going to three, going to the, to the six with that C major going to the F seven, to the E minor seven, to the A seven. Okay, and again, on that A7, a lot of times you'll see a diminished chord in there, like an E-flat diminished, but I use the A7 because I like that circle motion, that C to the F, and then the E to the A. All right, so now look at letter C. We are back to our original A section. We're back to the key of A-flat in our 2-5-1 motion. And then finally, the... Uh, Last section, your rehearsal letter D or our C section, it's a little different, right? Uh, we have some uh, nice uh, altered sounds in in that section that I've put in there. Again, there's uh, in, I think in the original there's a lot of diminished mo uh, motion, but I have elected not to use the diminished sounds except uh, in one situation here at, toward the end. Uh, but um, you have altered dominance that we have to contend with here. And then the very last line of your lead sheet there, you'll see that descending chromatic motion, the C minor going to the B diminished, finally, to the B flat minor, to the E flat seven, to the A flat major, to two, five, one. So, you know, I picked T for two because tons of circle motion, tons of two, five, ones. I love the fact that we start off in the key of A flat, we dip our toes into the key of C, and then we're back into the key of A flat again for the second half of the piece. So there's a lot of different, uh, a lot of different little challenges to deal with, to contend with, but perfect song to test our A, our key of A flat major harmonic workout and our key of A flat major melodic workout to test our voicings and to test our chord scale relationships. Okay. Now let's look at lead sheet number two. This is the harmonic function lead sheet. So you'll see here, 
you have in your hand what I like to call the harmonic DNA of the piece. It's laid out using Roman numerals, our harmonic function. All of it in relationship to the main key center, which is the key of A flat major. Uh, I've, I've mentioned this before in podcast episodes. When you really want to learn a tune, really understand a song harmonically so that you could easily play it in any key, then a harmonic function lead sheet is an absolute essential tool that you must develop or have in your hands when studying a song. Another reason that it's absolutely essential, other than just playing it in different keys, is it develops your ear. There is no better ear training than understanding a song using Roman numerals because you've now established relationships within the chord changes, the two chord, going to the five chord, going to the one. Your ear now hears that relationship and gets used to hearing that relationship. The one chord going to the four dominant, going to the three minor, going to the six dominant. Now your ear starts to hear what that sounds like. If you only learn chord changes of a song, like off a lead sheet, like B flat minor seven to E flat seven to A flat major seven, you establish no relationship for the ears to retain. In other words, B flat minor to E flat dominant to A flat major means nothing to the ears. Two, five, one does. So I cannot stress to you enough the importance of playing T for two or any tune for that matter playing the tune using a harmonic function lead sheet so that you, number one, truly learn the harmonic DNA of the piece, and two, you do your ears a huge favor and you start to retain these vital relationships, chord um, relationships, progressions that you need to know not just conceptually, but orally as well, in order to successfully play jazz. Okay, so now let's grab lead sheet number three. Let's begin our exploration of our voicings applied to T for two. So lead sheet three, we have our, I have laid out here our basic four note block shapes using root position, first, second, and third inversion. Okay, you'll see a little note there at the top next to rehearsal letter A that voicings not intended to handle upper extensions or alterations. So in other words, when you get down to uh, section D where you have an F7 sharp 9 and you have an F sharp 9, uh, these uh, altered sounds or upper extensions of the sound, these voicings are not intended to handle. So do not try to squeeze them into the voicing. So often students will try to play some kind of musical twister with their fingers in order to get these upper extensions or alterations somehow within the four note block shape. <laughs> do not do that. We have other voicings that are going to be used to handle upper extensions 
and alterations. These voicings are not intended to do that. Okay, so I want to bring the ensemble in. I'm going to play T for two using these basic uh, block, four note block shapes root using root position, first, second and third inversion. First time through, I'm just going to play the voicings as notated on your lead sheet. I'm not doing anything fancy with them. I'm not trying to do anything rhythmically with them or comping with them. I'm just playing the voicing so that you can hear them within a musical context within a tune, T for two. The second time through, I will then play the melody over the top of these four-note shapes, these classic four-note shapes, okay? So let's bring the ensemble in two times through, again, a tempo of 120, T for two using four note block shapes. Here we go. nice, right? <laughs> Pretty nice. I've mentioned this before that if this is where you are in your jazz journey, playing these chords, playing your chords using these four note classic uh, shapes, using root position, first, second, third inversion. If this is where you are, congratulations. It's fantastic. These voicings work. They get the job done. They sound beautiful. If you can play these shapes and put melodies over the top of them, playing tunes, you are good to go. You are on your way to becoming a very accomplished jazz pianist. Okay, let's look at lead sheet number four. Going to do the same thing now. 
uh, with T for two, but now we're going to use traditional shell voicings. These are three note shapes using three, seven, nine, and seven, three, five uh, structures through T for two. And once again, I'm going to play it T for two twice. First time through, I'm going to play these traditional shells in my left hand. I'm not going to be doing anything fancy. I'm just playing the shells so that you can hear them in context. And then the second time through, I'll drop the melody in on top of these shells so you can hear them in the melody in relationship to these structures, these voicings. All right, so let's check out our traditional shells. Let's bring the ensemble back in and have a little fun with T for two. Here we go. sound right a classic sound indeed so now let's take it a step further right we've done our traditional shells let's take a look at what i like to call our contemporary shells where we are building our voicings using primarily an interval of a fourth if you notice with the traditional shells we always had an interval of a third in there in our shapes and our voicings in these chordal shapes, it's just the opposite. Our primary voice, our primary interval is the fourth. A couple, uh, I want to draw your attention to a couple things on your lead sheet. Number one, you'll see that some of these shapes I, I have notated as two-note voicings instead of three-note voicings. And I do this so the hands can play nicely with one another when I'm playing the melody with the chords so that they coexist without clashing. Okay, so those are notated on your lead sheet. The other thing that I would like to mention is just pay attention to as you follow along and as you begin playing these shapes yourself for T for Two, 
you know, the overlap. And of course, you've you've recognized this and you've picked up on this when doing the workouts as well, that a lot of these shapes, right, a lot of these shapes are the same shapes that are used for the different chords, right? So uh, pay attention to that. It just creates a really nice minimal motion in your left hand when you're playing these when you're playing these type of voicings. In other words, the left hand actually works less. <laughs> right? So, okay, so let's bring the ensemble in and let's check out T for two using these contemporary chordal shell voicings. Again, I'm going to play it the first time through. Uh, just the voicings. I'm not going to be doing anything fancy with them, nothing rhythmically with them. I just want you to hear them in context. The second time through, I'm going to bring in the melody, place the melody on top of these shapes so you can hear that as well. So here we go. T for two. these shapes. Now granted, these shapes, if you're new to the chordal voicings, if you're new to these uh, left-handed shell voicings, then they can get a, they can be a, a little hard to get used to at first, right? Because we're so used to hearing thirds. But I promise you, stick with these shapes. They will become your favorite, I guarantee it. Okay. So now let's look at lead sheet number 6. These are our two-handed voicings, our two-handed shapes. And uh, again, I have these laid out for you on the lead sheet as I play them. Uh, I'm going to bring the ensemble in. I'm going to play them again the first time through. 
just as notated on the lead sheet. I'm not doing anything fancy with these voicings. I just want you to hear the beauty of these voicings when played in context. The second time through, I will play the melody, but I'm going to use a trumpet sound so that you can hear these voicings kind of in a comping situation where they're, I'm playing these shapes behind an instrumentalist, okay? So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's listen to T for two. Again, the tempo is 120. Um, let's listen to these two-handed voicings and then the melody with the two-handed voicings as well. Here we go, T for two. Okay, so we've looked at our blocked voicings, we've looked at our traditional shell voicings, we've looked at our contemporary shell voicings, and we have now looked at our two-hand voicings as well. Uh, lead sheets seven, lead sheet eight. These are our, our, our ascending and descending chord scale relationships. And if you notice on these lead sheets, I don't have time to play through all of these today, but I want to have uh, these in your hands. If you notice that I've gone through each chord in T for two, I've laid out the scale motion for you, and I've also notated the mode, the mode that I'm using, that I'm playing, or that I use when I play or when I improvise over T for two. Now, why chord scale relationships are so important, right? The chord scale relationships denote which notes are the 
correct notes or the diatonic notes to use with the harmony, with the chord. You have to know the right notes before the wrong notes can be illuminated. There's no way to distinguish between or to identify the, the wrong notes if you do not know the right notes, right? I've mentioned this before. I had a teacher ask me one time, how do I teach, ask me the question, how do you teach students to play wrong notes right? And I said, easy. You teach them to play right notes right first. So the whole point, whenever you hear anybody talking about chord scale relationships, the whole point of that conversation is to illuminate for you the correct notes so that wrong notes can eventually be identified and you can use those wrong notes to create intentional tension, right? That's very high-level thinking, very high-level skill. So for right now, I really want you to think diatonically. Just think completely right notes. And this is exactly what skill uh, lead sheet seven and lead sheet eight is doing for you. It's using ascending and descending scale motion to identify for you, to illuminate for you the correct notes. And likewise, lead sheet nine and lead sheet 10 lay out for you ascending and descending arpeggio motion. Okay, so these four lead sheets, lead sheet seven, eight, nine, and 10 are intended for some uh, serious melodic work over the chord changes of T for two. I would practice my scales, my arpeggios, as we do in our uh, melodic workouts, use various entry points. These are all laid out with an entry point of root position, but use your entry points of thirds, fifths, and sevenths as well, practicing your ascending and descending scale and arpeggio motion. If you notice on the lead sheets, I have each of the chord changes isolated, right? They all have their own individual line. In other words, what I'm trying to communicate is that isolate that chord and practice it over and over and over again with proper scale and proper arpeggio motion, ascending and descending. All right, a lot to do there. Now, let's take a look at lead sheet 11. This is my solo over T for two. Again, using 100% diatonic motion, diatonic notes, nothing outside of the chord scale relationship. Uh, I want you to um, draw your attention to a couple things. Look at a, a lot of uh, eighth note rhythms that we've been focusing on in our key of A-flat melodic and harmonic workouts. We have uh, classic dotted quarter eighth combinations. We have a lot of eighth notes that fall on the back side of the beat, right, on the end of one, and of two, and of three, and of four. We have eighth quarter eighth rhythms in this solo. We have dotted... Uh, um, uh, eighth dotted quarter rhythms uh, to contend with as well. And we have tied notes in there to pay attention to and to navigate through as we play as well. We have ascending scale motion and descending scale motion, arpeggio motion, ascending, descending, right? All the things that we've been talking about, all the things that we've been studying, not only in the key of A flat with our harmonic and melodic workouts, but from the beginning of the year with the key of C, key of F, key of B flat, and key of E flat as well. 
So this is going to be fun, right? I want to play T for two. I'm going to play it three times through now. I'm going to play, I'm going to state the melody first. I'm going to play the head. Then I'm going to play the solo. And then I'm going to play the head again. All right. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's have some fun. Here we go. T for two. Really nice. Now, just like with any transcription that you have in your hands, uh, remember, I've mentioned this to you as well. Transcriptions are devices or tools to help lead you to your melodic ideas, right? To your melodic ideas. What I don't want you to do is try to take the melodic ideas that I played in T for two that you will be studying and playing 
and somehow try to digest that in such a way that it becomes yours that you can now, you know, drop into any tune that you're happen to be playing. That's not how you should approach it. What you should do is approach, study this transcription, take any melodic motif that you are drawn to, that you're attracted to, practice that motif in such a way that it becomes a launch pad for you to discover your ideas based off of that idea, right? That's what transcriptions are supposed to do. They are supposed to be gateways to your musical creativity. Wow. Wow. It never fails. We always unpack a ton of information in each and every podcast episode. And today was certainly no exception as we set out to discover, learn, and play T for two. As I try to do with every tune study that we do, I want to model for you how to begin truly learning a tune, how to connect what and how you are practicing to an actual piece of music. In other words, how do the jazz piano skills you are practicing translate to real playing? And of course, I'm saying real playing with air quotes and my tongue in cheek because real playing is actually having a command of jazz piano skills, which in turn allows you to eventually add a melody melody to those skills. And once we add a melody to our jazz piano skills, we give it a fancy name like T for two. We call it a tune. (laughs) And now everyone's happy. You're happy because you're playing a tune, and the listeners are happy because they're hearing a tune. But they are jazz piano skills, no doubt about it. So I want you to think about this. If you are unable to apply your practice approach to the learning of a tune like we did today, I would say that you need to seriously examine the what, why, and how of your practicing. Another way of saying this is if in the tunes you are playing, you do not see the jazz piano skills you are practicing, then you have a disconnect between the two, which is not good. You've heard me say this many times on many different occasions that harmony and melody are one and the same. And indeed they are. I can also say that jazz piano skills and tunes are one and the same, which indeed they are. And what I am saying is that if you do not practice jazz piano skills, then you will not be able to successfully play tunes. I want to say that again. If you do not practice jazz piano skills, then you will not be able to successfully play tunes. Hopefully you're beginning to see that jazz piano skills are tunes and tunes are jazz piano skills. The only difference, one has a fancy name like T for two and one does not. So if you are beginning to see jazz piano skills as tunes and tunes as jazz piano skills, then you are right on track. You are on the correct path. For sure. I've said this in previous podcast episodes, and especially since the beginning of the year, and I want to stress it again today, that if you hang in with me, hang in there with me this year, you're going to experience a ton of jazz piano growth. You're going to love where you are musically a year from now as we navigate through all 12 keys. Once again, I want to encourage you to use your podcast packets, the illustrations and the lead sheets to guide you, right? 
You've heard me say this over and over again, too. I repeat myself a lot, don't I? (laughs) Conceptual understanding determines your physical development. So the time that you invest in studying and mapping out your voicings and ascending, descending scale and arpeggio motion from various entry points is time very well spent. The return on your investment cannot be adequately expressed. As always, be patient, right? Be patient. Developing mature professional jazz piano skills takes time, as I know you know. Begin structuring your practicing after the playing demonstrations that I modeled for you today in this podcast episode, and you will begin to see, feel, and hear your progress. Well, I hope you have found this Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson, Exploring T for Two, to be insightful, and of course, to be very beneficial. And don't forget, if you are a Jazz Piano Skills member, I will see you online Thursday evening at the Jazz Piano Skills Masterclass. That's 8 p.m. Central Time to discuss this podcast episode lesson, exploring T for Two in greater detail, and to answer any questions that you may have about the study of jazz in general. Once again, be sure to use those educational podcast packets, your illustrations, your lead sheets, your play-alongs for this podcast lesson. And also be sure to dive into the Jazz Piano Skills courses to maximize your musical growth. Always make sure you are an active participant of the Jazz Piano Skills community. Right, Make that a habit. Get out there. Get involved. Contribute to the various forums meet some new jazz piano friends, you'll love it. As always, you can reach me by phone, 972-380-8050, by email, drlawrence at jazzpianoskills.com. That's drlawrence at jazzpianoskills.com. Or by SpeakPipe, which is a handy, nifty little widget found throughout the Jazz Piano Skills website. Well, there is my cue. That's it for now. And until next week, enjoy the classic jazz standard, T for Two. And most of all, have fun as you discover, learn, and play jazz piano.